challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining in. Uh, we sure appreciate you uh, dialing in today or logging in. I sure appreciate it for sure. To reach the collision of faith and politics, as my announcer said, and we are excited to be with you today. It's kind of a unique, interesting show. Um, it is one of those shows that's, uh, eesh, we already have a caller. How could that be? Let me just check and make sure this isn't something weird, some weird thing. This is Dr. Sean. You reached the collision of faith and politics. Who do I have? Allison. I press number one. Oh, okay. Hey, no problem. I'm going to put you back on hold. We're supposed to have you on at 515, but I'll be right back with you uh, right around 515. I'll do my open. Hey, that's our guest, folks. Okay, Looking forward yeah. to it. We talk to you in a little bit. So uh, that's Allison Lorkowski from VoteBiblically.com. She's the founder of that. And um, she is a person who doesn't just talk about what she could do, what we should do. You know, somebody ought to this or that. She actually does it. By the way, my friend Jerry uh, reminded me of something very important. Um, if you uh, are a regular listener to the show or you think you might ever listen again, um, there's a on my show page. At Blog Talk Radio, there's a subscribe thing, follow, subscribe, whatever you call it. And I'm telling you, it's super easy. It's free. Uh, nobody sells your information, but it will send you reminders. So if it's, uh, you know, if this is something you think you might want to ever listen to again, which if this is your first time, I'd hold on a little bit because you may hate it. You may absolutely, you may think, oh, my lands, somebody take away the microphone. You may. It may happen. And who am I to judge? Uh, but. But the fact of the matter is, is um, that is the best way to do it. And, and that also helps me because, as you know, Internet-based radio, they don't care that you have uh, 1.4 million listeners. What they care is how many subscribers. And because the type of audience that I have, conversion to subscribers is uh, not as vigorous uh, as, as listeners because, and, and it makes sense, you know, I inquired on it and found out that the reason why is because you know, this is a little bit of an edgy program, and, and sometimes people are nervous to uh, nervous to put their name in. But you don't have to put your real name. Just, you know, you, you can make up whatever you want. Um, also, um, our call-in number is 646-595-4641. That's 646-595-4641. That's our call-in number. If you want to weigh in at any point during today's show, you're welcome to do that. Sometimes we have as many as 100 calls pending, and I don't get to any of them. Um, but I think today I might try to just keep it clean. You got to tell me what your name is, what state you're calling from and keep it clean. If you get crazy and weird, click, you go bye-bye. So today's show, the left's playbook revealed. Um, 
it's one of those things, by the way, uh, let me interrupt myself to interrupt myself. Um, thank you for all the condolences for my buddy, Eric. Uh, my audience has been praying for Eric for a long time. Eric has gone home to his reward. Uh, he, uh, he, he, uh, he is healed completely in the presence of the master. And while I'm very, very, that's right, Jerry calls are routed through Russia. Absolutely. Um, I'm very devastated because I really thought he was going to make it. Uh, he was improving and, and all of that. And then just one day he just, uh, and I had just talked to him not that long before and he had trouble breathing and, and, and he passed. It was, it's just absolutely stunning. So what I'm saying is, is thank you to all of you who are kind enough to send me, uh, you know, such kind and encouraging and comforting notes. Uh, been a friend. Eric has been a, a close friend since kindergarten. And I'm 51 and a half years old, 51 and three quarters, more than that, years old. And, and so we've been friends a long time. Great guy. Cancer is a beast. I absolutely hate it. Um, I don't know anybody that loves it, truthfully. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. I don't know anybody that loves it. But the fact of the matter is, is it, it sucks. And I hate it. And I think that we ought to be able to beat it. So the general election, by any reasonable measure, look, if we look at this and we say, um, let's be objective. You know, it's like when you're looking at a relationship that didn't work out. You've got to be objective. You've got to step out of the love feelings. You've got to step out of the habit of being with that person. The, the uh, You know, you've got to look at the facts. We've got to look at the facts. What's real? What is real? And then you have to work off of that. And sometimes it's very, very difficult. Sometimes we don't really understand things because we're all clogged up with love and, and concern and all these things. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, that's how we have to look at uh, politics. That's how, we, that's how we have to look at the situation we're in. We have to look at it clearly. We cannot allow ourselves to be all clogged up with a bunch of silliness, right? Just can't do it. But we can say that by the numbers, the general election was, I don't care who you are, how you're measuring it, was a success. To quote Donald Trump, we won bigly, really all across the country, all the way to the White House. And uh, President Donald J. Trump, I'll tell you, he's blazing a trail back to conservative values, which the alleged conservatives, they, these are the ones that reside in the swamp called Washington, D.C., and Congress and elsewhere, for decades have been there. They couldn't find with a compass. They couldn't find conservative values with a compass. They could find a lot of talk, but they couldn't find a lot of fact. Uh, and, you know, hashtag drain the swamp, hashtag lock her up. Those were all the hashtag mantras, and, and I agree fully with them. I still do. Yet the left seems to be more in charge of conservative thoughts and actions than the right. Now, how is it that the left seems to dominate the narrative all the time, and in reality, legislation all across the country? Somebody ought to tell the truth, the politically incorrect truth, and I'm going to do it right here today. How, how is it that President Trump is being dogged by the press, the left, and sadly, hashtag face con, uh, fake conservatives, hashtag never Trumpers? How is it the left seems to dominate the news cycle? They control the news cycle every single day. How is it that, that in many states across the country, late-term abortion, gender-confused bathrooms, gender-confused public schools, and the crushing of conservative free speech on college campuses are being put into place while ISIS marches when they're borders? I, I, you know... It, it's, it seems insane, doesn't it? It seems insane. And, and, and I didn't know this when, uh, when we were booking our guest today. Uh, Allison has been on before, uh, but we're celebrating the release of her uh, booklet, The Sanctity of Life. 
and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna talk in depth about that. But um, I didn't know. I didn't you know Delaware, the first state, uh, super super blue. I mean super super blue, and they um, just voted in uh, late term abortion. Now all of the material that they put out, their su summations, they were all all. They left out that whole late-term abortion business. They left it all out, every bit of it. They did. They left it out. They described the bill inaccurately, intentionally so. And that's what they do, and that's what they get away with every, every time. Every time. And I have to say to you, uh, at some point or another, we have to call it what it is. They're better than us at fighting. We don't fight. We don't fight. We don't fight well, and we don't fight well-armed. They're more godless people than godly people, Jerry from Pennsylvania says, my good friend. We're going to talk about that in the sanctity of life. I could not have known that this bill, or it just didn't connect with me, that this bill will be voted on the first state in the union, Delaware, uh, and, and that in that process, you could go all the way up full term and, and kill the baby. But that was a real thing that was going to happen. I, I could not have known it. Couldn't have known it. I'm also going to tell you that it seems insane to me, just absolutely insane to me, You know, I, I I use that example of you know when you're in love, uh, you you your objectivity sometimes is occluded. Sometimes for the detriment, sometimes for the positive. Sometimes you have to learn to look past things. You know how it is. Love is a decision. It's less of an emotion than it is a decision. There are some people that you are just head on, head over heels, crazy person in love with, and you do dumb things. And some things are smart things, some things are dumb things. But you say, man, this is. I can't help myself. That's kind of how we are as a, that's the way I look at it, as, as constituents of these great United States of America. If you subscribe, it, it, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's funny that Jerry, my buddy Jerry in chat, join chat, chat is open if, you, if you'd like. Again, our call-in number is 646-595-4641. That's 646-595-4641. Delaware has gone straight downhill since Pete DuPont was governor. An unbelievably successful place, state of Delaware was, financially and otherwise. And ever since then, we have just gone down and down and down. But we look at it and we say, well, I'm still working for the most part. Yes, I've lost my health insurance. Now, that's just not, that's not just me saying it. It's, it's truth. It's, it's actual truth. I lost my health insurance. Now, I'm 100% disabled from the car crash. I have serious injuries. I'm supposed to have therapy three times a week. I'm supposed to do this, that, and the other thing all the time. And you know what? I don't get any of that because I lost my health insurance. Health insurance is gone. Why? Because of Obamacare. But some people are so in love with the idea, an idea, a feeling. They say, well, this is how it ought to be. It ought to be this way. It ought to be this way. What ends up becoming reality? It's not the way you think it is. It's the way that it is. 
It's not the way you think it is. It's not the way you wish it was. It's the way that it is. Just like in a relationship, each part of the relationship has to be honest with themselves before they can be honest with the other person. If there's not honesty on both sides, you will absolutely never have a good relationship. You got to be honest from day one, every step of the way. And that's how you have to be about self-governance. You know, I talk about Center for Self-Governance. They're actually in Delaware, the state of Delaware right now, downstate Delaware, Sussex County, doing classes, I think, up until tomorrow. There's still time for you to go to the class. I'm telling you, those classes are a game changer. Centerforselfgovernance.com or .org, one of the two. They're a game changer. And that's and the thing is, is, is uh, Mark Kerr and... and uh, Michelle Perkins and Pam Leslie and all these people uh, that were behind this, Mr. Norton. Uh, I'm I'm going to tell you, they knew it. They knew it. They knew it. You know, we will get lied to. You know, there's an old crude saying that says, you pee down my leg and tell me it's raining. I'm not going to believe that. I'm, I'm going to tell you, in, in, our, in our country today, we have a serious problem. And the serious problem that we have, this is the serious problem that we have. We don't think straight. We certainly don't vote or think biblically. We don't. Now you can say you can say well you know hey separation of church and state and all that stuff you know if you look at the scriptures if you look at scriptures how they actually are what they actually are it's a blueprint for living it is a blueprint for living we can talk a good game you know it's just like with a relationship you can get over tough stuff if you're honest. If you're honest. But I'm telling you, if you're not honest with yourself and with others, you'll fail. And we need to be honest in our situation, in the state of governance, in the United States of America, we need to be honest about, number one, how much did we sit back on our laurels for far too long? We let the professional politicians run things. I know in the state of Delaware, everybody used to have a job. Everybody was busy, working hard raising their children, keeping care of their house, taking care of their farm, running their small business. That's reality, my friends. That's reality. You don't take care of your body. Your body's going to fall apart. We lie to ourselves. We look in the mirror and we say, ooh, I look good. When in reality, it might not have worked out in, I don't know, one, two, three, seven years. Smoking cigarettes, smoking too many cigarettes, drinking a little too hard, drinking pop. I got to be careful now, the public figure. I can't talk bad about soda because they'll sue you. But we don't keep good care of our bodies and we lie to ourselves. We look in the mirror. We say, oh, that's good. I remember when I was um, going several years ago, get my hair cut. I said, it looks like my hair is thinning. And the hair person, I don't have the hair person now that I had then, but the hair person said, no, no, your hair's fine. Your hair's fine. You're not, no, not at all. And sure enough, I was losing my hair. Lots of it. 
But you know what? That started with a lie to myself. You got to be truthful to yourself. Lots of things can be rescued if you just tell the truth. Who's the first person you got to tell the truth about? You got to tell the truth about yourself. You got to. You got to tell the truth to yourself first and then those that you care about. Well, it's the way that it works in our governance. We got to tell the truth to ourselves first. I talk about it in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. You can find it on Amazon.com. There's a link to it on my website, Dr. Sean Greener, D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R.com or theninjapastor.com. Or go straight to uh, Amazon and uh, type in Excellence Killed the Church and you'll you'll see. It's inexpensive. You can buy it on Kindle for, I think, I don't know, six cents. <laughs> it's It's super cheap. Quick read. The other issue, and I brought it up earlier, was voting biblically. Voting biblically. At some point or another, we have to confront the fact that we have fallen so far away from what is reasonable, let alone what is scriptural. You know, uh, Psalm 139, 13 through 18 says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Folks, I want to welcome uh, Allison Lorkowski, she's the founder of VoteBiblically.com. She's put together a beautiful, beautiful Sanctity of Life um, pamphlet or booklet. And I'm going to tell you, you, you're going to want to get this for your, not only for your church. I started to say you can get, get this for your church. Not only for your church, to have and to hand to people. It's very powerful. Uh, welcome again, Allison. Good to have you. Oh, it, thank you. It's good to be on the program. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure, absolutely. And I know our audience is glad to have you. So, um, by the way, before we get too far along, I want to thank um, uh, Dave Partridge. He's a commercial uh, real estate guy. We're talking more about him in a little bit. He's partnered with us, uh, and we're really excited about it. He's one of those guys you don't ever forget. We've been, gosh, we've been, we've been close friends for a long, long time. And so David uh, handles Pennsylvania for any kind of commercial real estate. So you can call him at 610-688-4300. I've known him for over 20 years. I can tell you, he's, he's the best. He's just the best. He's such a good guy. And um, so we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, Allison, what motivated you to write this booklet? And it's very professional. I mean, I'm just going to commend you on that publicly. It's extremely professional. It was printed on excellent. It's many colors, uh, printed on excellent paper, really, really extraordinary. So uh, what motivated you to do this? Well, you know, I, I was listening to you, um, and you know, people are getting, like, the wrong information. They're being misled. You know, you talk about a media, and the media is not reporting anything. And um, I just think that we as Christians can be our own media. I think that we need to get the word out. Um, I believe in marketplace evangelism. So, um, like the kids in the school, they're learning about they're being taught by a, a you know a public school system. The church really doesn't talk about um, the sanctity of life. I mean, they have they call it pro-life, pro-choice. 
Um, and I believe that we need to target, you know, what abortion is. And like you, you write up Psalms 139, God's plans for us, that he is the creator. So just having God's truth, I think it's really important in this hour, in this time, that we share God's word. And I think that's where the power is, and that's where we're going to find the change in America. Mm-hmm. So I was well, really, ultimately, um, you, mm-hmm. let me interrupt you for a second. You you use the term uh, the marketplace everywhere. We, mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What's let's let's uh, assuming because many of our listeners mm-hmm. are from all around the world and maybe even in the United States, they don't they might not know what that means. What, what does that mean? That's like a church term. Well, yeah, you know, uh, well, what it is is a lot of times people just keep everything in the church. Like we're supposed to pray in the church and share the word in the church. But getting outside in the marketplace and bringing God into the different spheres of education and business and government and be free to share the word of God. Um, when we talk about family, when we talk about a man and, you know, a wife and a husband, and just like you said, it, it's a way of living. Scripture really is our plumb line for life, for voting, for raising our kids. And we need to share that with other people because a lot of people, they, they don't know the word. They really don't. And they're just, like you said, they're going on their feelings. It feels good. But the bottom line is, is God has left his, uh, us a treasure in the word. And that is our plumb line. And mm-hmm. so you share the word of God. That's what I call the marketplace evangelism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what, now I know that, you know, obviously biblically.com, this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that deals with living, living and voting. Uh, scripturally and biblically, and and you kind of have to know the word. Uh, even even just a cursory knowledge of the word will will impact you as far as how you vote. But in this particular case, um, I did want to to ask you um, what motive specifically the sanctity of life. You you did a you did a. Uh, um, I mean, this is a lot of work. I've written the book, and I can tell you that I understand this is a lot. Yeah. This is a lot of work. There's, there's a lot goes into this, and you've done a beautiful job on it. Right. Um, and it's it's not inexpensive. Uh, a pamphlet or brochure like right. this, um, I would even call it. I don't even know what to call it because there's a lot of meat to it. Um, something like this costs a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and so mm-hmm. something motivated you to do this. What this specific well, thing on the sanctity of life. Okay. Well, I think what happened is, um, you know, both biblically was, uh, you know, we founded it in 2012 and we were focusing on um, candidates and vote biblically. And just in my walk, I mean, I've been asked to uh, pray in front of Planned Parenthood and I spoke at the Capitol and then I I taught a um, Bible study class and I never dreamed in in a million years that I would even get involved in I don't really say pro-life, but I would get involved in this because there's so many organizations out there. But as I was studying, I was seeing things that were were missing. And, you know, I I really felt like God just gave me the downloads. I mean, I saw visions of pictures and, you know, I could see how connecting scripture, you know, with conception and honoring the mother, her responsibility and the father. So after studying, you know, I've studied scriptures for years but I just honed in on, um, you know, the Planned Parenthood thing and um, the Bible study where it talked about child sacrifices. And a a lot of the pro-life movements, they don't get that deep into the scripture. And I felt there there really was a need 
to get back to God's word. And it sounds really harsh, but it is murder. It's not a woman. Well, well hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right. Mm -hmm. So I want to key in on that because you said something very important here. And I do talk about this in my book, Excellent Skill of the Church, I'll Be the Acres Destroying America. And mm -hmm. what I talk about in that is uh, you you said, I know it sounds harsh, but before that, um, you, you talked about uh, that people don't like to talk about scripture. Now, the reason there are many on the right, many pro-life people, even leaders of pro-life organizations, and they'll and they're Christians, and they'll say they're believers, Catholics, Jews, whatever. They're believers in God, and they and and they they're they're very uh, they work hard, and they they you know they're very plugged in, they're very involved. But what happens? They say, hey, listen, in order for this to be more palatable across the board, more widely and universally welcomed, you know what we need to do. We need to stop with all the scripture stuff, even though, yes, we do know that's real and it's important. The problem is, as soon as we start spouting scripture, that turns a lot of people off. You know, we can win more people to Christ if we just kind of take that out and kind of work it back in over time. I think that has been an abysmal uh, failure. It's been an egregious lie. Like I said in my mm -hmm. open, we tell ourselves lies and then all of a sudden we really are bald. We really are fat. We really are out of shape. We really are out of uh, good health. We really are sick. We really are tired. We really are underinformed. We really are caught by surprise by that event that happens to us. We've got to start telling the truth. And the fact of the matter is 23 right. chromosomes from mom, 23 chromosomes mm -hmm. from dad goes together right. to determine the child's intelligence, personality, sex, hair, eye color, and physical appearance. That Look, God said, I formed you. I formed you before I formed you, formed you in the womb. I knew you. I knew right. you. And look, uh, my buddy Jerry and I, Jerry does some great teaching. One of the days I need to have him on here to talk about um, the whole idea, the whole notion of godlessness, how the left is godless. That's why that's why uh, Islam and the left get along so well. Islam and the left get along so well because even though they are diametrically opposed in so many things, they use the same strategy every single time. They both go off of the same playbook. They use, and that's what today's show is about, is, is the left's playbook, knowing it and uh, exploiting it and learning to win. And so, you know, I, I appreciate the whole idea of vote biblically, think biblically. Uh, right. Act biblically. And I, take I, action biblically. I think, mm -hmm. and I think one thing that we've missing, like in the military, okay, like in the military, you hit the target, okay. Right. So, like Christians, we have to hit the target and call it what it is. And I, you were saying earlier, is that people they they have they think like they think other people think the, the way they think. I mean, they're not really looking at it straight on. And right. um, I do want to share what I think is really interesting, this whole booklet has been one experience after another, but a lot of times churches will say, well, we're connected to this pro-life group. And I'm thinking to myself, you need to teach mom and dad when they bring that baby in the nursery. You need to start in the, in the church teaching them the word, how to speak into your children's life. I mean, how precious it is to know that God created you before you were in your mother's womb. And there's so much to, there's so much to that, that booklet. 
I mean, it, and a lot of times the father is left out. The father has a responsibility. That's his child. And we're not teaching that from ground up. I mean, many churches will say, oh, here, here's a pro-life group. This is how we're connected. And they really don't want to share God's word on the subject. Um, and I, have to, I, don't, I wasn't going to say this, but I, I have to share this. We have in our community two young teenagers have died. One was murdered and one never woke up from his sleep. He just graduated from high school. And you'll notice in the back of that booklet, it talks about salvation. And it just really, it covers a lot. And I just, my heart just went out because I'm wondering, were those boys saved? And we talk about souls in the kingdom and we need to equip the body of Christ on a solid rock to really get back to God's word and really about saving souls for the kingdom. So many people have walked away from the church. They've actually walked away from God. I think this Mm -hmm. booklet is, it has such an anointing on it. It's so powerful, and it's simplistic at the same time. Well, I have to say, uh, I have to say that that is interesting. But, you know, when we use terms like an anointing, uh, obviously, you know, I have, um, you know, master's and doctorate in theology. And so I know what that means, and you know what that means. But for the audience, Mm-hmm. You know what does what does that mean? What what exactly uh, does that mean? An anointing on the booklet. What does that mean? If you wouldn't mind explaining it to people in this particular. Well, case? you know, I, I, I well, I think that I, I believe that the power is, is in the word. I believe that when this word that that it's like a two-edged sword, and I believe what God is doing in this hour. I mean, He's calling us back. He's putting us back into alignment. And when people are reading this word, there's a message in this booklet. It almost, because I really don't take credit for this, but there's a message. It almost takes you from the beginning of time in Scripture and brings you through the Bible. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's almost like it accelerates the message to the point that we live in a society that people don't like reading booklets. You know, it's very, um, the illustrations, I mean, it gets to the heart. It gets to God's heart. And it, the people will be moved by this booklet. You just need to give God something to work with. It's it's just right. amazing. Mm-hmm. So willingness. The the people have to be willing, um, because you know it's your belief, and I and I believe this as well. Um, that because you, uh, I started to say what Jerry, uh, my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania. Well, one one of these days I'm going to get him on here, and he, he just posted in chat very wisely, secular humanism is carrying the day. When man makes decisions apart from God, man arranges his own demise. One of the things I say when I speak all over the country, whether in churches or in uh, secular institutions, I say, you know, we're trying to recreate God in our own image instead of us being created in his image. We want to take all of the things that we say uh, are pertinent in our life, things that we want. We want to change it around. And that's why we, we, uh, we, the left has co-opted the vernacular. Uh, unfortunately, and I talk about right. this in my book, the left is, uh, we've allowed the left to co-opt our vernacular, the words that we use, the, uh, the watering down of churches all across churches. And 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 as in chat, it's pointed out perfectly, witness our Congress. Everything is, look, and, and um, I talk about the, the gender confusion, the gender fluidity, all of these things. Look, if somebody has a situation in their life where they're not sure whether they're male or female on the inside, 
not what their appendages or their organs are, but they, they've got some issues in their mind and their heart trying to figure out, well, which am I? I feel like I'm, I look like a man I was born a boy, but I, but you know what? I'm not, uh, I'm not digging being a boy and, and uh, you know, I'm in a lot of emotional turmoil and all that. And so as a result, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm a girl. Well, let's say that girl, now this person says I'm a girl now, still a boy, still a male in every, every sense of the word, except for how they dress. And they want to join the girls uh, track team. Now, this is this is really happening all across the country. Uh, it happened in the Olympics where a um, where a, a runner and, and nobody wants to address it because it's so politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. This runner won mm -hmm. her race, just crushed every every other woman in the race. Now, you can look at the person and go, that's a man. That's right. a man. Uh, in fact, they disqualified her a couple of years before because they said, look, we need you to take a testosterone test. We need to find out whether you're a male or a female because the, the, the runner wouldn't answer that. So that, that's my business. Well, no, it's kind of our business because this is a female race. This is a women's track event. If you want to run with the men, right. you know, then you run with the men. Well, she sued and she won. And so they backed it's off and they said, okay, well, and see, we look at that, we look at that and we say that's insanity because that's the right answer. That's the true answer. Remember what I talked about in the beginning about that couple that's in love, got to be truthful with one another. If you just, even if you're in a lot of trouble and you're not getting along well and things are cracking up, if you just come to the truth, then you can rescue something. But if you're not dealing with truth, and it's the same way with words, if we continue using false words, if we continue using the wrong words, if we continue turning to a politically correct, feels better sort of way, instead of saying, well, that, that, that's a dude. No wonder he's crushing everybody. It's a dude. And, and we have that with the, with the restrooms. Now, there's, there's a whole debate with that. Hey, you know, today I'm a woman and I want to go. To, I'm a really ugly woman, but I want to go to the bathroom with women. And you can't tell me I'm not. Well, today in school, I want to be treated as a female. You can't tell me I'm not because politically, from a politically correct standpoint, you can't do it. And and schools that's perpetuate where I ask, the lie. Where are the politicians? That's where I ask, and you know, really, where are the parents? I mean, I look at I look at this booklet, and I look at the teaching. And I think to myself, and I'm going to be really honest with you, if the church was really doing their job, there would be parents flooding in the school system saying this is wrong and, you know, take their kids out. I mean, make a stand. But where's, where are the parents? I mean, where are the Christians that say, and they do have power, but they're, they don't stand on the word of God. I know one of the mayors was telling me she went, like, the kids have to listen to a transvestite. Like in school, I mean, that's what schools come to. A transvestite is their guest speaker. I'm yeah. thinking we need to get back to education. And if someone has, um, you know, a problem with their gender identity, I mean, that's something that they need to talk in their own private conversation. But Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Allison. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Uh, SB 5, Senate Bill 5 in the state of Delaware was just passed. And, and now it's just awaiting the signature uh, of the governor, Governor Carney, and Governor Carney is absolutely going to sign it. He's, he's just—he's going to sign it. 
he's a Catholic, but he's going to sign it. Unbelievable how when you become a politician as a Catholic, somehow or another, your values get co-opted. But you know what? It's not just Catholics. It's it's people who claim to be Christians. The lieutenant governor of the state of Delaware, I think she's a pastor's daughter, uh, you know, a Protestant pastor's daughter. I th- I'm pretty sure that's the case. And she's so far off the spectrum that it makes no sense. And so few people, and this is the playbook. See, folks, this is the playbook. The playbook is make it costly. Make it painful either in ridicule or shaming or or, uh, call it bullying, misogyny, xenophobia, whatever you want to call it. Call it all those things. You can do all those things. Call it whatever you want. But you know what? Too many. In the example of the public school and the kid who wants to be on the track team, the kid who wants to be on the soccer team, really a boy, but playing on the girls team. The kid, I saw this. I went to see some Christian school uh, games uh, over the over the in basketball, and there were several public schools that clearly this was a boy. This was not a girl who just looked like a boy. This was absolutely a boy playing on the girls' basketball team, and no one had the nerve. And if one of my kids was on that team, I absolutely would have gone up to the coach of my team and said, "Listen, that's clearly a boy." I didn't put my girl, my precious daughter, on this team in this sport to play against boys. I put her on this team in this school to play against girls. And we need to go confront this. Well, you know what? Nobody will do that. Right. The coach will say, right. uh, I don't want to, this is, I just, oh, I, I just really, I'm, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, gosh, they would get so mad at me and they'd be so mean or it would make us look so bad or we would just look so, you know, whatever word you want to use, uncaring, whatever, unpolitically correct. Uh, well, let's just roll with it. So then let's say that kid is going for a pass at the same time that your daughter's going for a pass. This obviously male player is going for the pass at the same time. And you know what? They don't back down. They don't back down. They don't slow down and they slam into your daughter they break her collarbone or they blow out her ACL. And then all of a sudden, you've got a daughter that now has to have $33,000 worth of surgery. You may or may not have health insurance, thanks, Obama. And and because you were quiet. You were quiet and you were afraid to speak up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on now. No offense to anybody. you got your own deal going on there, and that's fine. But as when that deal impacts, let's, let's talk about cigarette smoking. There we go. There's one we can talk about. In in the state I live in, you cannot be inside a public place and smoke a cigarette. You can't. They put it absolutely out of the realm of possibility. Why? Because we say, ew, that's a disgusting habit. We don't want that habit. Ew. Well, guess what? It's illegal. Can't do it. And people, the left or anybody else will come up to you gleefully and 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 say, now I don't smoke and I'm I'm not a fan of smoking, but but you know, they'll come up to you and say, ew, why don't you put that out? That's disgusting. Okay, fair enough. It's not it's not my cup of tea. But but for whatever reason, they have the nerve to say that, but they don't have the nerve when when a, a boy, obviously a boy is on a girls' basketball team or wants to go into a girls' bathroom. Oh, well, that's why do you think something's going to happen? Why do you automatically think something's going to? That's not right to assume 
you're just branding them as as weirdos and and as uh, sick people. Well, look, if you can't figure out, and I'm not saying it's necessarily your fault, you may have some emotional health. I, I have had to learn that some people have emotional health issues, and sometimes they respond in a way that's more reflective of their emotional health. You know what? I have a traumatic brain injury, and sometimes I respond in a way that's more reflective of my brain injury than it is the reality uh, that I'm dealing with. And I may read something wrong or, or put something not quite right. But you know what? The base and root truth, again, scripturally, we're formed when we're born. Do I think some folks get mixed up a little bit in their chromosomes and, and have some issues chemically and hormonally? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've known many people that have. I really genuinely have. But because we want to be politically correct, we immediately play into the left's playbook. You know what? The right is anti-LGBT. The right is anti, you know, the T of transgender, 0.03%, 0.03% of the population. We are making all of these accommodations and we're endangering our children. Now we flip that political correctness to Islam in America. Now you live in the uh, state of Michigan. I won't say the town. Well, you're a public figure. People can figure it out. Um, but you live in the state of Michigan. And in the state of Michigan, there are several cities in the state of Michigan that have essentially been taken over by Islam. Originally, people didn't say anything. Why? Well, you know, freedom of religion. You know, they get to practice their religion. I mean, not all Muslims are bad, which is a true statement. Not all are bad. Now the cities are taking right. over. And and it's not just that you can't get a good, you know, um, pork sandwich. You can't get some good ribs, you know, from the corner, from the well, corner well, place know, I, that cooks the ribs. I think what's happening, too, is like that's really important is that Christians and the American people are losing their rights. And when you were talking about the um, LGBT, what happened in Canada, where now if a parent has a child who is gay and they talk and they talk about biblical values and talk about traditional values to their children they pass a law where they can take the the child away from the parents i mean yeah. we are losing so many rights as we sit on the sidelines in the school system they now have the diversity plan where they're going to teach your kids the morals and values you know when you mm -hmm. talk about islam now they have programs where, um, I mean, they can have they can have their religion in the school, which we know it's religion, government, and military takeover. America, Americans are losing their rights, and they're actually not, they're giving them away by yeah. not speaking up, by not taking action, and not by not honoring the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, mm -hmm. and to me, when you talk about someone not willing to speak up when there's a boy on the girls' team, this is the easiest time for us right now to speak up. This is mm -hmm. the easiest time for us to take action. I mean, pretty soon every Christian is going to be arrested because they spoke what they believed in. I mean, it's getting so bad. And... You know, Canada to me, when they had the hate crimes bill that passed, I don't know, in Canada how many years ago, but then it came to the United States, and that's been to shut people up. There's, oh, I just pray that people just step up to the plate. I mean, we have well, the that next is the generation. Playbook. 
Allison, mm -hmm. that is the playbook. That is the playbook. Get us to shut up. Get us to back up. Listen, as it relates to the police and, and the Black Lives Matter, their objective is not initially to turn everything uh, 180 degrees, same way with Islam. It's it's not, that's not, they want to do a little bit by a little bit so you don't notice it. You know, it's it's the proverbial uh, frog or toad in a uh, in a bucket. You know, as you heat the water, you know, if you do it slow enough, they don't notice. But then for too long, can't jump out. And and so, you know, what I like about your uh, your brochure here, The Sanctity of Life, is right. uh, one of the things you say, every fetus has a future unless it is aborted. Behold, children are a heritage right. from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, I know people at Psalm 127.3. I know women mm -hmm. who uh, I obviously do some counseling and I've been in relationships with women who have had abortions. And I do not, under any circumstances, advocate getting in her face and smacking her in the nose with the scripture, with the Bible and saying, you know, you're, you're a murderer. What's done is done. Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. Don't right. sugarcoat anything, but right. say what needs right. to happen now is it needs to be put to the foot of the cross because the father says, right. I will remember your sins no more once you take mm -hmm. it there. But that's a critical step is you've got to recognize, man, I killed something in my body. I killed a human being in my body for convenience, for whatever the whatever the reason was, I did that. You got to own that. If you don't own that then, whether it was when you were young or or you know, middle-aged, whatever the case may be, well, it just didn't fit in, or the father was mean. I knew I didn't want to ever be married to them, or I couldn't have finished college, whatever the case may be. You got to call it what it is because that affects everything else you do. Situational ethics. Right. Oh, that's I would never do that. I would never do that. I would never do that until the line is negative or positive rather than negative. And then you're like, uh oh, well, now I got to change what I was going to do. And, and I think we need to talk about forgiveness. And that, that's what the booklet encompasses, too, is that, you know, one in four women have had an abortion. There's so many people in the pew that have had an abortion. I mean, when I talk to pastors and leaders, I mean, there's a lot of women who have had an abortion that are sitting in the church. And 23% of all pastors' wives uh, in a trip, uh, double blind study admitted to have had, having had an abortion. Pastor's wife, 23%. Go on. Right. And, and the thing is, and I'm sure they many of the majority of them regret it, but there's so many people in the church that could minister. They could actually minister to teenagers and women and, and you know, mothers and fathers. I mean, there's, but we ignore it. I mean, people need to be, I, forgiveness, God forgives all of us. We all, we all sin, we all fall short. And, yeah. you know, if the church was just a little open and that's, you know, talk about it. I mean, talk about it and have groups. And I think this booklet is great to have conversation yeah. and help people who are going through a rough time and minister to them and, and be the church. Um, I, you don't have to, you know, pastors, well, they don't talk about it. Like one, one pastor said to me, I've only told a couple of people that I've had an abortion and she told me what happened. I mean, people need to be freed from their from their sin. I mean, they, they want forgiveness and they need that release. I mean, if they had mm -hmm. to do it all over again, they wouldn't do it. Well, the other I thing too, is the calling. I, I have, mm -hmm. I have some dear friends, uh, one very dear friend in particular who is super articulate, um, and, uh, had an abortion when she was young and she is incredibly articulate, but also came to Christ was super, super left. Uh, super, super liberal, 
I mean, to hear her tell it, she was crazy town. I didn't know her then, but she was crazy town liberal. And and then, uh, you know, God worked on her and had this powerful, amazing experience where she felt like it actually almost killed her to come to Christ, to go through all these things. And I said, man, this, you know, do what God tells you to do. And what I what I really believe she's called to do is to minister to these women, these young girls, all the way up to, you know, adulthood and middle age. Right. There's there's a huge number of middle age people. And uh, one of my dear friends, uh, Andrea Shea King, has a great radio show also on Block Talk Radio, is a great commentator. Uh, what kind of society pulls a formed, a forming infant from the womb to sell its parts? What kind of woman allows that infant to be pulled from her womb? Step back and see it for the heart of this. And then Dave Partridge says, the selling of baby parts and the glee of those practitioners performing such things is ghoulish, pure and simple. Pe people need to know what they do and how they do it and why. Money. Let me let me say this. The SB5 in the state of Delaware failed. It, it, uh, it failed by one vote. We had, I think, two or four Republicans who abstained. They didn't vote. They didn't show. And they didn't show on purpose because they didn't want to identify one way or the other because they were worried about getting reelected. They didn't vote their conscience. They didn't vote the truth. They didn't vote scripturally or biblically. They they voted chicken by not appearing. Now, yeah, wow. So so uh, part of part of the, the desire was is to have uh, an, a, the special attorney speak. They denied that. They wouldn't allow it. Um, they uh, I I have to tell you, it is absolutely extraordinary to me, extraordinary to me that they would not allow this attorney to speak, but also they wouldn't allow the the uh, the legislators to be educated. They would not allow them to be educated. Okay, this is what we're talking about here. This is what we're saying, okay? This is reality. This is what abortion is. This is what it is, you know, at, at uh, eight weeks, 10 weeks. This is what it is at 20 weeks. Now, in the state of Delaware, you can go all the way up to due date and do a uh, do an it abortion. Is so sick. Well, and but see, they won't allow that to be shown. And the fact of the matter is, is you have to call it what it is. You know, we have to call it what it is. And people are so afraid. They are so afraid to call things what it is because that might make us look mean, might make us look insensitive. Well, newsflash. Meanwhile, a baby is being sawed into pieces, being pulled apart for its parts, for money. For money. Uh, it's absolutely insane. It's insane. And yet we won't allow people to be educated about this. And and, and the, the left, I got to tell you, the left has been so much more effective than us in creating the narrative in changing the vernacular and co-opting the vernacular and pushing us back over the line and saying, well, they're not, well, you know, those Christians, I, I think, you, they're not afraid of us. I'll tell you that. Right. They are not afraid of us. Well, you know what? I really believe that we need to do that. And like every time I hear someone say, you know, the media, they're not telling the truth. And both, they're never going to tell the truth. They're never going to yeah. come on our, you know, on our side. And I, you know, really, I encourage people, I mean, they need, we need to go, we, we sort of hang out in a circle. I love hanging out with Christians. I love my Bible study. And, you know, it's great hanging out and worshiping together. But you know what? We really need to step out, too, into the marketplace and share 
with other people, you know, like this yeah. booklet. I mean, sometimes I'll be somewhere and I'll hand it to someone or, I mean, I'm the kind of person that might pray for somebody and, you know, just talk to them about God. But we really need to share our faith with other people. And um, I think this booklet is really good. I mean, even in the school system, I really encourage people to bring it in the public school system and uh, bring it to challenge the teachers. I mean, there's Christian teachers in the public school system, yeah. and they're not doing anything. I mean, we have to be willing to give up. I mean, and we're really not giving up because we know that we have e- eternity with, with God. But we, in this world, we have to be willing to sacrifice no matter what the cost is because we don't want people to go to hell, and we want them to mm. know the truth. I mean, the way America is going to look, we, we really don't have a lot of time left. When you, talk to, when you talk about Islam, I mean, it says in the Bible that you know, we should have no false gods. When you, when you have people who worship a false god covering you and your children, be it in a political office, being on a school board, I mean, I'm wondering, what is the church thinking? I mean, just because someone's nice and... You know, they believe in some of the things that you believe in. You do not have another God covering you or your children. That's mm-hmm. godlessness. And so we're talking about well, different different religions. I mean, we're incorporating godlessness in every single system, and we're just letting it happen. Well, here's the crazy you know thing saying? about it. Oh, absolutely. Here's the crazy mm-hmm. thing about it. The truth of the matter is, is um, y- when you look at, the, the origins of Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, Sanger, Margaret Sanger was uh, was oh. Hillary Clinton's hero. And she did, you know, critical papers on, on her hero, Margaret Sanger. She's a eugenicist. She's a racist. She's an anti-Semite. She hates Jews and she hates blacks. And the fact is, as soon as you bring, I got into this with someone one time uh, on a page I was on. Uh, I was invited to be on the page and then... Um, you know, I spoke out and I said, wait a second, you know, this is a predominantly black page. There's almost everybody that's on this page, with the exception of just a few out of several hundred, are uh, are black. And, but I'm pointing out to you that Planned Parenthood, its origin was to kill you. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, that's why she built it, to kill black people, to kill Jews, to do all of these things. And I was called a racist. I was called a horrible person. I was called a hater. And I said, you can call me whatever you want, but look it up. It's simple. It's just simple. At some point or another, you know, uh, Dave in chat uh, brought this up. The Old Testament talks about sacrifices of newborns to Baal. And that is very, very similar to today in the Old Testament and the Bible. The Holy Scriptures called for an end to it. And said, "This is this is ungodly behavior, and you'll be punished." And and so we look at that. And, and there, one of the things in your um, taking a life as a ten-minute procedure, regret lasts a lifetime. Immediately followed up with, in the United States, abortion is the law of the land. We'll hear people say, Christians. We'll hear pastors from their pulpits say, "But it's the law of the land, and Scripture tells us that we have to be obedient to our authorities, for God put them in such a place." But then they skip over Acts 5.29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And when when that is an ungodly act, when it is telling us to go against our 
biblical core beliefs. And, and this is why we're in the predicament we're in is because so much, so few have core beliefs anymore. So few have it. And because so few right. have it, guess what? It's we'll, we'll uh, fall for anything. We just fall for anything. And, and at some point or another, it has to, it has to come to the place where Christians, uh, now do I, do I advocate going to an abortion clinic and screaming at these women that are going in? I don't know that that works. I don't know that it's effective. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I wish I did know, but I don't know. But one thing I will tell you is what if they were toddlers? What if they were toddlers being toted in there, maybe they're a year old, and they're being toted in there by their moms or their dads. And they get toted in there and they say, hey, you know what? You can have an abortion up until one year old. How old is the baby? Uh, or how old is the post-birth fetus? Well, the post-birth fetus is 364 days and nine minutes. So we got to hurry. We got, we got 51 minutes to get cracking here, literally. So, I mean, what about that? Well, that's, people People will say, well, that's insane, right? They'll say that's insane. That would never happen. But look what's happening now. We say, we say because it's the law of the land, guess what happens? We can have a woman go in who's at, what, uh, in your booklet here, I love the, the, uh, the pictures you have. Let's say 36 yeah. weeks. We can have, the law of land says we can have a woman go in 36 weeks for whatever reason. Now, we're told that it's, well, for the save the life of the mother. Boy, isn't that caring? Isn't that caring? Isn't it interesting that school boards want to have referendum after referendum after referendum to pay for social engineering for the kids? It's for the kids. It's for the kids. We have to do this for the kids. Don't you love children? Well, what happens? What? Why did abortion? All of a sudden, abortion. As soon as that happens, it's 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 over. We don't have any more concern uh, for life or death for the kid. Now, all of a sudden, it's, you know, if the child wants to be a boy, they can be a boy. If they want to be a girl, they can be a girl. Well, you know what? We have to have all these classes on teaching them how to put a condom on a banana, teaching them leftist ideology. We have to have them do their little prayers to Islam, have the girls wear their hijab so they can understand and be open-minded to our kids. All of a sudden, it's about the kids. And you know what? What blows my mind is... So many of the people, male and female, that so vigorously support unrestrained abortion, unrestrained, no limit abortion, are vehemently opposed to the death penalty for a person who raped and murdered six women with a hammer after torturing them for six days. That is okay. That's no, we're we can't. That's Life for life? No, you're supposed to be a Christian, and it can't be life for life. My goodness, we can't do that. Uh, eye for an eye. That's not right. That's not right. No, we have to have forgiveness and mercy. Really? Because where was the mercy when the little baby, little perfect, beautiful little baby is in your and 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 yet there are people, and this is something that has to be reformed, and I think Christians need to be behind it. Believers need to be Catholics, Protestants, and and, and Catholics need to be behind this. Re, re, completely revamping the uh, adoption system. The adoption system has to be totally turned on its side. Because you know what? I, I, I know so many parents who 
would adopt a, a, a baby or a young child in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Well, they would know, do it, it so it, It's funny. I, and I, I think about this sounds sort of different, but like if you, um, I mean, people are so willing to like a solution is to kill the baby. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, think about what you're saying. You're saying the solution is to kill a baby. It, it's insanity. And I think, well, if you were sick and something was wrong with your leg, what if you would just cut off your leg? I mean, is that an answer? I mean, it sounds sort of weird, but I'm thinking the way people think is like we go through t- tough times in life. And yeah, you can adapt. You can put the baby up for adoption. I mean, even nowadays, you can keep in touch. I mean, there's so many. Why does the solution have to be murder? I don't understand that. That shouldn't even be a variable at all. And well, but I it so like quickly church... is in this society, mm-hmm. though. Life, uh, Jerry teaches on this that that life it is when you, once you take God out of the the acknowledgement of God out of the uh, narrative, you then Creation. take life out. Creator. of the Yeah, it's the creator. Right. Hey, man, I... let's de God the world because you know what? If we can do that, then right. basically we can do anything we want because we don't really have anybody to answer to at that point. Um, you right. 58 million babies aborted since Roe uh, v. Wade. So you shall not pollute the land where you are, for the blood defiles the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed on it, except for the blood of him who shed it. Numbers 3533. Folks, you know, it's and we're here with Allison Lurkowski of votebiblically.com. I encourage you to write that down, votebiblically.com. Um, let me just let me just do this real quick. I talked about my buddy Dave, uh, Dave Partridge. And um, you, there's a lot of ways that you can acquire commercial real estate. And commercial real estate is different than residential real estate in the sense that it's all about making money, being a successful business in the location where you are. And I personally have known Dave for 20 years now, and I can tell you, he knows. He's worked in in in, in and around this industry. He's a uh, investment expert. Um, and David is at Lieberman Early in Wayne, Pennsylvania, covers the whole state of Pennsylvania, really focused uh, on uh, Philadelphia area, but he, he can go all over the state. But uh, And his phone number is 610-688-4300. Now, here's the thing. When you are in business and you are looking for real estate, whether to rent or, or to, uh, to purchase, you must, you absolutely must have the right location, not just the right building or the right storefront. You've got to have the right location. And that's what this guy is an expert on. He knows the neighborhoods. And if he doesn't know, he he networks with people who live there, who have done successful businesses there, and he pulls them into the discussions to say, this is what this person has. Um, and this is what we're looking for. This is the type of traffic we need. This is the type of exposure we need. And so Dave at Lieberman Early, uh, commercial real estate, I mean, it's his thing. He eats, sleeps, and breathes at 610-688-4300. Call that and ask for uh, Dave at Lieberman Early. The other thing is uh, second call defense. If you go to theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com, you go to the bottom of that. Uh, there's a red banner that you guys know. In fact, I'm actually wearing... Um, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, the uh, the founder of that gave me the shirt personally in Florida. Keep calm and carry. Isn't that funny? I'm wearing that today. I forgot that I was wearing that. Um, but you know what? I you know I ca- I've carried a gun professionally since 1983. Uh, I was a hunter and all that before then. And and obviously being a person that carries professionally, I have thousands of hours both receiving world class instruction, firearm instruction, and teaching world class firearm instruction. And I can tell you this. 
even in my situation, having been a, 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 a police officer, uh, having received, you know, advanced police instruction, providing advanced police instruction, and then owning executiveprotectionteam.com, protecting people all over the world that people are really trying to kill when it's your life, we're your team. Here's the thing. You had better have this coverage because your insurance, your homeowner's insurance, your renter's insurance, if you're smart enough to have that, it won't cover it. In fact, it's specifically excluded. Here's the easy thing you do. You go to theninjapastor.com. There's a banner at the bottom, second call defense. It's red. Click on that. And if you decide to purchase it, you're not locked into a contract. You can cancel at any time. But if you click on that and you tell them the Ninja Pastor sent you, guess what? They give you one month for free. Our other partner is Logox, uh, thelogox.com. If you uh, give them, when you're checking out for the three-in-one tool, um, you can get $25 off. And it's already inexpensive. It's a veteran-owned company. It's 100% manufactured in the United States of America. And if you work with wood at all, you had better have this three-in-one tool, thelogox.com. Absolutely unbelievable. So here, here we go. We're, we're in this place and we're trying to figure out, you know, 58, that, Allison, 58 million babies murdered. 58 million. And, you know, I, I'm just going to say this uh, because I, I, I've lived it. So I can say it with absolute conviction. You can tell me statistics all you want, but I'm telling you, I have lived this. So I know it to be true. You know, I've known several people who the doctors, they have really, really good doctors. They're really top notch. And these doctors come with a really serious face and they come to the parents and they say, listen, I'm, I'm so sorry, but uh, we really, goodness, uh, I, I hate that we are going to have to abort this fetus. Um, it's 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 not going to make it. It's malformed. It's it's got this factor, or that factor. It's genetically, it's this problem or that. Uh, it's going to be Down syndrome. I know three people. It's going to be Down syndrome. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And the the people cried, and the parents cried, and and they sat in the office quietly by themselves, and then they said, you know, let's pray, and they prayed, and they said, Father, you. You knit this child in my womb. You, 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 you knew me. You, you know this baby. You knew me in the womb. You know this baby in the womb. And we trust you uh, that your will be done in this, whether we are chosen to parent a child with challenges or whether, whether this doctor is incorrect or whether you want to heal this child in the womb supernaturally such that it may be uh, inviolable in the natural, but with your hand, it's made perfect. And those three people, three people that were told, and their doc, they had to change doctors because their doctors were so furious with them. They had the babies and the babies were perfect. I had one in particular that she was told, yeah, no doubt. She was told, your baby has no organs. Your baby has no organs. There are no organs inside your baby. How it's living, I don't know, but your baby won't live but a couple of minutes um, you know, after being born, if it makes it to term. And they said, you know, we trust God. We trust the father and we trust the father uh, knows what he's doing. He can see around corners. And, and this is, this is what we are uh, commanded to do to trust him. Right. We're commanded to trust him. And, and uh, it's just, I'll tell you what, it's, it's one of those very powerful things where you want to talk about faith. You want to talk about real 
powerful, hardcore faith. And then you have to look at those people. And you know what? Uh, in two occasions, in two occasions where they were told that, that just horribly malformed, in two of the five occasions that I know of personally, that I've personally been with and prayed with these people, I know them well, in two of those occasions, the babies did have serious problems. Uh, one was born, instead of not having any organs, uh, the kidneys were way too small. So they had to do some things and, and the baby's very, you know, she's a, she's a teenager now, very healthy, very strong. Yeah. Amen. And then the other one, in Amen. fact, yeah, yeah. And, and, and in fact, the other one, the other one was, uh, the other one was actually, um, was severely ill and lived maybe, uh, I want to say it was maybe 10 days. And, um, and those parents were there, you know, the, the mom was there literally 24 hours. She lived at the hospital. The dad ran a business and, and had to, you know, he was there about 18 hours, but he did have to go back and, uh, and handle some things and then come back and sleep there at night. And so they spent, they spent, and I'm saying 10 days, I think it's 10 days, but I don't know that for sure. Um, somewhere around that. And you know what? They spent that time and, and it was beautiful time. And they say, you know what? We, we would not trade this for any amount of money in the world. We would not trade this because you know what? This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, to have this child in our life, to be blessed with this child for the amount of time that God saw fit. God saw fit and he gifted us with this child. And, and now, you know, we have that. People say, well, how could you put a baby through that? How could you put a baby through that? You know, having to live 10 days in the hospital and in such severe circumstances. And my goodness, you're so selfish. Why not think of the baby? I'll tell you what, it's um, really tough. Really. Well, you know what? Really they, have that, they have that time. They have that time with the baby and they will never ever have to second guess what they did or regret anything that they did and you know sometimes talking, we we entertain of, angels you know, unaware sometimes we entertain angels unaware we don't know what that baby's purpose mm -hmm. here on life was but we know this mm -hmm. but we know this sometimes we entertain angels unaware and that and that could have been god's supernatural you know but, the, but then the anti-god people say well i don't want to i don't want to worship a god I don't want to follow a God that will allow a child to be born that way. I don't want to allow, uh, I don't want to follow a God or acknowledge a God that would allow cancer, that would allow birth defects, that would allow poverty, would allow any of these things. I don't want to follow a God that does that. So what you'd rather do is you'd rather murder a blessed creation, no matter what the circumstances of that creation. Well, what about in the case of rape? You know, it, first of all, it's such a tiny, infinitesimal number. Now, I'm, I'm not being insensitive to women who are raped, but I personally know a woman who travels around this country who was the product mm -hmm. of rape and her mother. And I don't mean uh, I don't mean boyfriend rape, not to demean that. I'm talking about full on. Uh, the mom was almost beat to death after she was raped. Stranger rape had no idea who this guy was. He kidnapped her, raped her repeatedly, kept her hostage and then beat her what he thought was to death. And then she comes to in the hospital. Uh, she's in the hospital for a month and a half. She um, she finds out she's pregnant, and she's and they say, you know, we can set you up to have that taken care of. And she's like, no, I'm, it's not the baby's fault. You know, this is not the baby's fault. I'll have this baby, and God'll God'll uh, 
he'll he'll pour out his blessings on this. And sure enough, the mother and the daughter travel all around the country, all around the country, speaking of, of this powerful thing. And, and I think, man, that's grace, that's strength, that's power. So so I appreciate you doing this booklet. And folks, if you want to get, uh, how much are these booklets? I'm sure they're, you, you buy them by the, you know, 20s or 30s or 50s or even one, I'm sure. Yeah. You order the booklets well, by going it's, to it's, biblically.com. Right. And it, it, it's a dollar a piece. So they're a dollar a piece. And then they can actually yeah. view the booklet at the website. So awesome. They can order it biblically.com. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I have to say, I have to say, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, this, the Sanctity of Life booklet is powerful. It's bathed in scripture. Uh, throughout it, you will see verses. Um, you you will you'll see the statement uh and then you know the support of it and then it ends uh with he gave his life for your salvation for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and you know i have to tell you um that that's where it all comes down to that's where it all comes down to john 3:16 and then i go back a page for the women out there who are listening who who have had an abortion um, I know one lady, in fact, uh, has had five abortions since she was, her first one was at age 14. Her last one was at age 49. Um, the thief hanging next to Jesus said, do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. That's Luke 23, 40 through 43. Thank you for taking the time, folks. At a dollar, seriously, at a dollar a piece, that is a ridiculously tiny price. I don't know how she ever printed these for a dollar, but I'm telling you, at a dollar, you should buy as many as you can afford and then and then make a make a promise to yourself and God to say, hey, I'm going to keep these in my uh, pocketbook, if you carry a pocketbook. Uh, or, you know, keep them in my planner, keep them in my car. And when I go out and about, I'm going to hand these out. And if the person says, well, I've never had a, you know, I've never had an abortion. Great. Then put this in the hands of somebody who might be at risk for an abortion. Um, you know, it's really, really critically important to get these into the hands of as many people as possible. And so votebiblically.com, Allison Lorkowski, uh, our great guest today. We we so appreciate you joining us today. And uh, we really thank, thank you. you for the hard work that you're doing. And God bless you. And let us know how you're making out and if we can help you in any other way. Folks, Allison Lurkowski. Thank you. God bless pleasure. you. So there you have it, folks. Um, I, look, it couldn't be a more important thing. It really couldn't be. Life and death. Wow. Wow. Life and death. Precious little babies we'd never kill. You know, walking around my neighborhood right now is a couple. And this is this is powerful. This is powerful. And I don't believe these people are uh, believers, but they made a decision. They're they're taking their little one. Now, he's a toddler now, but he's on 24-hour oxygen. Um, but, but he lived at the hospital for the first 11 months, I think 11 months of his life, in NICU, uh, neonatal intensive care unit. And, and he... I mean, so many physical problems that they kept saying over and over and over, you know, you need to abort this baby. Um, you know, it's never going to make it. And all of these different things, it's just 
really terrible things. And yes, it has been an incredible challenge. And thankfully, he has health insurance through the company that he works for, a uh, big company, you know, it's excellent health insurance, and every expense has been covered. There's a nurse that comes uh, two shifts a day, one that, that's there overnight, because uh, there's a potential for stopping breathing. They have all these breathing machines and everything. But they're walking around the neighborhood right now, uh, and that little guy is driving a little toddler, one of those little electric trucks. It looks like a little green Jeep riding around. He's learning how to drive it. And he knows where the gas pedal is, I can see. And he's trying to drive. And that if the, this would never happen. This joy that they have right now and walking around with their baby, their little toddler boy, would never have happened. Never a chance. There'd been never a chance. Hey, let's give up. Hurry up. Let's give up. Let's cut this. Get her done. I have to say... You know, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. If you think about it, I don't think you get any more powerful than that. So here's here's what I have to say. I'm looking at that and I'm saying to myself, self, because that's what I call me. Self, you know what? This is the story that's not told. This is that picture is the story that's not told to parents, young parents or the young woman. And you know what? We need to step it up on on the uh, conservative side. We need to step it up and create options, support groups for these ladies who find themselves pregnant. They don't find themselves pregnant. They know how that happens. They end up pregnant. They end up pregnant and they and and, and now all of a sudden they're saying, man, I can't finish. I can't finish college. Oh, no, I can't finish college. My whole life is messed up. This guy's a druggie. This guy's an alcoholic. This guy's abusive. I can't have a child with him. You know, that's where the community, and I'll tell you what, if you're a family member, uh, if you're a family member, you know, you got to swallow, you got to swallow a little bit of anger and a little bit of disappointment, maybe a lot of it, and say, hey, we'll get through this. We'll get you through this. We're going to help you through. And then you come together. As a family, as a community, as a family, and you say, hey, you know what? You know, I'm hanging in with you. I'm not bailing. I'm not bailing. On you or this baby, we'll do everything we can to bring a healthy baby into this world. And whatever God gives us, that's what we'll take. See, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a game changer. Hey, you guys remember when Donald Trump was business partners with the Russian government? His company got $53 million from the Russian government investment fund called Rosnano. Uh, that was started by Vladimir Putin himself and is referred to as Putin's child. Oh, wait. That wasn't Trump. That was John Podesta, campaign manager for, uh, what was her name? Oh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton, campaign for president campaign manager. Yeah, that was him. Hey, no, no, no. I know you'll remember this one. Remember when Donald Trump received $500,000 for a speech in Moscow? Moscow paid for the Renaissance, uh, paid for by Renaissance Capital, a company tied to Russian intelligence agencies. Remember when Donald Trump did that? 500 grand, a lot of money. Oh, wait, that was Bill Clinton. Oh, I know you'll remember this one. Sure you will. Remember when Donald Trump approved the sale of 20% of all of the United States uranium reserve to the Russians when he was Secretary of State and he gave control of it to Rosatom, the Russian State Atomic Energy Corporation? No, no. You don't remember? You don't remember Donald Trump doing that? Why? You don't remember Donald Trump doing that? You know why? Because it wasn't Donald Trump. It was Hillary Clinton. You remember when Donald Trump lied about that and said he wasn't a part of approving the deal that gave the Russians one-fifth of our uranium? But then his emails were leaked showing that he did, in fact, lie about it, but he hasn't been arrested over it. Oh, wait, that was Hillary Clinton and John Podesta. 
Hey, you remember when Donald Trump got $145 million from the shareholders of the uranium company sold to the Russians? Oh, yeah, you're right. That was Hillary Clinton. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. But surely you remember when Donald Trump accepted millions in donations, millions in donations from the Russian oligarchs, like the chairman of a company that's part of the Russian nuclear research cluster and the wife of the mayor of Moscow and a close pal of Putin's. Nope, wrong again. It wasn't Donald Trump. It was the Clinton Foundation. We talk about ties with Russia. We keep talk, We keep hearing the left talk about ties with Russia, but let's just give this one a try. Donald Trump, you remember this when he failed to disclose all those donations before becoming Secretary of State? And then it was only found out when a journalist went through uh, Canadian tax records? Oh, wait, that was Hillary Clinton. That was Hillary Clinton. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. That is interesting. That is quite interesting. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Very, very interesting. I'm, I'm shocked. You know, this is the Clinton uh, uh, election loss blame game. You know, who's at fault? Let's see. Let's see who Hillary Clinton blames. Because, you know, all this stuff, uh, you know, like, for instance, I'll do I'll do one more. Uh, it's just, you know, for, you know, giggles. Remember when Donald Trump told Mitt Romney that the 80s called and wanted its Russian policy back, foreign policy back, that the Cold War is over? And then he kind of laughed. Donald Trump, you know, he laughed at Mitt Romney. Remember when that happened? Oh, wait, no, that was President Obama. That was President Obama. That's what he said. He ridiculed a guy who's actually made some money the right way, Mitt Romney. Boy, aren't, aren't Trump's ties to Russia disgusting? But see, let's see, let's see who Clinton is uh, blaming her election loss on. You guys have heard this. He's blaming on the FBI, the whole FBI, right? The whole FBI, everybody. Let's blame them all. Let's see who else we can blame. We can blame James Comey. You know, James Comey's going to talk tomorrow, right? He's going to talk tomorrow. And wow, won't that be something when he talks? Wonder what he'll have to say. Now, I just wonder what he'll have to say. Just might be interesting to see what he has to say. Isn't that interesting? Blame the, she blamed the FBI. She blamed James Comey. Now, Comey's going to talk tomorrow. I don't think he's going to talk about that, but he is going to, I don't know, who trusts Comey? I don't trust him. I have a statement I might go over here in a few minutes. I don't know that he's pre-released a statement. You know, every word was carefully, carefully scoured, every single word. You know, we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to mess around and and, uh, and, and and mess up somehow and, and say something that hasn't been gone over by a bunch of attorneys. You know, boy, that wouldn't be good, would it? Wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be prudent. So we have a statement. I don't think we, I don't think we really believe, do we? We don't really believe him. We don't think he's going to tell the truth. Don't trust him. I don't trust him. You know who else? She she blames the Russians. She blames Putin himself. She blames anti-American forces. Isn't that something? The most anti-American candidate we've ever, ever had. And yet she blames anti-American forces. You know who that is. That's you and me. Low information voter. Excuse me. You know who that is. That's you and me. The deplorables. Everyone who assumed she'd win. She blames everybody who said, no, this is a sure thing. I don't need to vote. I don't need to vote because, gosh, you know. She's going to win. She's going to crush this. 
bad polling numbers. She actually had the nerve to, to blame bad polling numbers. Hey, you know what? She blamed uh, Barack Hussein Obama. She blamed him, threw him under the bus, her good buddy. No, they hate each other. Blamed him for winning two terms. Said, hey, you know what? You created a poison. She blamed people wanting a change just for the sake of change. Now, what did Barack Obama run on? Hope and change, hope and change. She blamed it on misogynists. She blamed, you know what? She had the nerve. She had the nerve to, you know, she says she's for women, but she blamed it on suburban women. Now, there's no paper that loves her more than New York Times, but she blamed the New York Times. She blamed television executives. She blamed all of cable news. She even had the nerve, the, 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 the unmitigated audacity to blame Netflix. She said, hey, you know what? Uh, Democrats didn't make the right documentaries. No, they sure didn't. They did not make the right documentaries. And because of that, I lost. Didn't make the right documentary, so I lost. Just not right, is it? It's just not right. It's just not right. Not fair. Democrats not making the right document. Facebook and Twitter. She blamed social media. She said, you all were out to get me. How about WikiLeaks? Oh, you know, Russia was behind the WikiLeaks, even though they weren't behind it. The people behind WikiLeaks said, Russia didn't have anything to do with this. Isn't this interesting? She took a page from uh, uh, President Donald Trump, then candidate Trump, fake news. She said fake news. People are putting out fake news. People are saying terrible things about me. I don't know where this came from, but content farms in Macedonia. She said, no, it's content farms in Macedonia. That's who's at fault. She blamed the Republican Party, the whole party, you, me, and everybody. You know who else she blamed? She blamed her own party. She said the Democrat, Democrat, the DNC, Democrat National Convention, she said they were so uh, disorganized. They were so completely disorganized. They, they just, they didn't know what they were doing. They did not know what they were doing. Bad data, some no data. No systems in place. It was just terrible. Terrible. I had to use my own money. She's never used her own money in her whole life. I had to use my own money to fix this. Get it straightened out. <laughs> Through the DNC under the bus. You know what? They'll forgive her. You and I both know that they will forgive her. The left will forgive her. This is their playbook. Look, you know what? Say what you want. But when it comes time... See, we have we have a thousand different enemies. We have a thousand different uh, uh, topics. We have a thousand different issues that we're going to fight, fight, fight. We've got a ton of enemies, but you know what? Here's the crazy thing: the left only has one enemy, and that is us. Hey, you know what? Uh, my buddy Dave reminds me, don't forget Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, hey man, it's Bernie's fault. And those low information voters voting for that super exciting Bernie. This is the guy who says, I'm going to give everything, you know, everything. We're going to give you everything. We're just going to give you everything. That's how we're going to do it. We're just going to give you everything. 
Why not? Why not? Just give you everything. Feel the burn. You know what? All those people, uh, this always, you know, there was just a, a referendum that passed for um, funding uh, the Colonial School District. And uh, it was part of a discussion uh, where the, the teacher and the liberal, sorry to be redundant, says, but it's for the kids. They're going to lose all these programs. They're going to cut these 170 some programs and teachers are going to lose their jobs and blah, blah, blah. And, and these critical things, and, you know, world's going to explode, all these different things. <laughs> it's always that way. It's always that way, isn't it? It's always that way. But you know what they'll do? You know what the left will do? They'll say things like that, and we let it pass. We say, it's like beating your head up against a wall, man. We're going to let it pass. We're just going to let it pass, because you can't argue with them. You just can't argue with them. Let me say this, that this is why we elected Donald J. Trump. Truthfully, I mean this sincerely. This is why we elected him. It's a true story. This is why we elected him. Not so that he could do it all by himself, but he's the only one with the cojones to do it. Don't you find it interesting? Now, I, I tell you what, I, I find this very interesting. I really, really do. Don't you find it interesting that all of those people that are screaming for all the free stuff, guess what? You know what? They don't pay taxes. And the people commenting on that page last night where I was on the page saying, look, you know, you guys throw away more money, $14,000 a year spent on every student in the state of Delaware, and somehow or another you want us to give you more money, yet we're 34th. We're near the bottom. Isn't that something? the people who it costs nothing. It costs nothing. You know, back in medieval times, and even later than that, um, you had to be a landowner in order to have a vote. You had to be a landowner and have a vote. And I, I said to myself, well, you know, that, that, that has some, you have to have some skin in the game to have a vote. To all the people that are waiting in queue, I don't know, it's pages of it. I, uh, calling in. I'm not going to get to you. I apologize. Next time I'm on, I promise, not Sunday, but on the next Wednesday, we will have call-in folks and we'll take calls from you. I promise you. But I don't want you to sit on hold and, and I'm not going to actually get to you. But I thank you for calling in. You know, somehow or another, we have to find our way to, to establish that people that have property that have a stake in it, you know, you have that side that has their hand out and they get ever closer, and then they reach into your pocket, and they take your money. You understand. They take your money. These things that they're saying they want, free college, free this, free that, they're taking your money, and they don't care. They don't care what it costs you. They really don't. Why would they? doesn't cost them anything. Why would they care? Sincerely, why would they care? Why would they care? 
it has always seemed to me to be one of those interesting things. We know that to be true. We know that they don't have any skin in the game. Guess what? They are absolutely not. They're just, they're not. They don't care. They don't care. It doesn't cost them anything. It just doesn't cost them anything. At some point, at some point, we have to start calling it what it is. We want to talk about stakes in the game. We want to talk about the cost. We want to talk about community. Uh, we're, we're in the community together. We're we're fighting together. We're we're in it together. But you know what? We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't talk about it. We don't say, "Hey, you know, somewhere, somewhere, another along the line, all of our rights got taken away." But they didn't get taken away. We gave them away. We handed them. And the left's playbook is simply this. Make them play nice. Make them play by rules we do not play by. Back them up, even if a little bit. Back them up. Just back them up. Why not? Why not? Just back them up. They only have to get us to be a little bit afraid. It's just like in a gunfight. It's not only who pulls first, it's who hits first. But I tell you, it could be a great shot. But if you don't get that gun out of that holster and get that front sight, hard focus on the front sight and press that trigger and hit accurately, you're going to be dead. I don't care how sharp you are on the range. If you can't get that gun out of the holster and pull the trigger and hit the target. I'm telling you, it is an extraordinary truth, folks. We absolutely must start calling things what they are. We do. We've got to stop. We've got to stop saying what is not true. Their playbook is to, is to take our words. Dave in, in, in chats says, nice people may actually feel guilty enough to accept their premise. Sure. Why? Because we don't want to be the bad guy, right? We don't want to be the bad guy. Nobody does. We don't want to be the bad guy. You know, it's funny that Jerry uh, puts in chat, uh, and I've told my son this, you know, spent a lot of money on college. Uh, and there's a big article in the Wall Street Journal today, no longer is financially intelligent to go to college, trade school, entrepreneurship, things like that. I'm not dinging college, but 
you know, it, look, we can, we can yell and scream and say all we want about college being so expensive, but do you know why it's expensive? Do you know why it's so expensive to go to college? It's so expensive to go to college. Because the left, you know, every time the government extends uh, aid, your tax dollars, to colleges, the colleges raise their own salaries. The, the, the big people, the professors, everybody, raise their own salaries. The three times, the, the tuition raises at three times the rate of inflation. Nobody screams. screams and you know what we fund the government through student loans we're funding their 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 uh it's it's this crazy crazy thing that we're doing it's just insane what we're doing but we're funding their ideologies their propaganda they're brainwashing we're funding that What in the world? Why in the world would we do it? Look, I want you to notice that somebody posted this on social media, and I don't know the person. I, I wish I did. I read this on Doc Roberts uh, on Facebook. He's a Facebook uh, friend, and, and I read this on his page. He says, I don't know who wrote it. I don't have the name, so I apologize. I normally like to give attribution, but I, I can in this case because I don't know who it is. But begin by noticing how the president fired Comey when Comey was 3,000 miles from office. Isn't it something? I, I, I find it amazing, quite frankly. I do. I find it amazing how smart this guy is. I really do. Super intelligent. He fired Comey when he was 3,000 miles from his office. Comey had no inkling it was happening. He had no idea. All of his files were there. His computers were there. Everything in his office. They were seized by his boss, Attorney General Sessions, and the Justice Department. And, folks, this was not a violation of protocol. It was tactical. Now, you notice how President Trump compartmentalized the strike and didn't inform any of his White House staff to prevent leaks. Now, you can say this guy isn't smart all you want. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Isn't it something? Don't you find it incredulous how this guy can get made fun of for being smart? But you know what? He got made fun of. They said, oh, even people on the right said, with no knowledge of what was going on, they said, mm, that just wasn't wrong. That wasn't right how he did that. That was disrespectful. Disrespectful to the office. My goodness, he is the, he is the director of the FBI. I mean, that's a serious, I mean, that's really, my goodness. Oh, boy, I've. I'll tell you, I really, wow, that's, whew. 
I, you know, all right, fire him, you know, but wow, now, how come now? How come he did that? Gosh, the guy didn't even know he was getting fired. He was all the way out in California giving a speech. He learned on the screen. That's tactical. That's a tactical approach, folks. He didn't tell anybody this was happening. Why? Because there are leaks. Some people say, how emasculating. You know what? Notice how he emasculated Comey and the swamp denizens by letting them know in a tweet that the attorney general got information surveillance tapes from the seizure of, of Comey's office to let Comey and his handlers know that Trump's DOJ had the goods on him. Brilliant, strategic, and totally imperative move at exactly the right time against horrible, evil, and corrupt powers infesting our governments. Now, here's the thing. Comey, uh, you need to understand his career. In the late 90s, he was a minor assistant to the United States Attorney General. In the late 90s. He only gained power and money by being the DOJ official who, air quotes, investigated and then cleared Bill Clinton of any wrongdoing and Clinton's totally corrupt pardon for huge payoffs of the criminal financier uh, Mark Rich as Clinton was leaving the presidency. This is how he began his career as a creature of the swamp years ago and as a servant of the Clintons. He provided cover for the Clintons in their gaining incredible power and wealth after leaving office through pardoning a billionaire money launderer, an arms dealer, and a criminal. Well, Comey was a key piece in how the Clintons upped their corruption game and gained incredible wealth through their foundation after leaving the White House. They're hundreds of millionaires. A big part of that was this scheme where they gave Mark Rich, through Comey, a free pass. He should have spent life in prison. That's what Comey covered up for the Clintons. That's reality. That made him part of the corruption machine. That made him powerful. That made him wealthy. What did he do next? And immediately after he did that, he resigned from the DOJ and he took a position as the head attorney of the Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin Company, huge military contractor. While he was in that position, he, Lockheed became a huge contributor. I mean, millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation and all of its uh, fake charity spinoffs. It's all a sham. So in return for that, Clinton's gave Lockheed Martin uh, huge contracts with the State Department. Comey was the chief legal officer of Lockheed throughout this period. You understand how that works, right? Now, in late 2012, after overseeing Lockheed's successful relationship with the Hillary State Department, they lost $6 billion, no big deal, Comey stepped down from Lockheed, and he received a $6 million payout for his services. Now, in 2013, uh, HSBC, which is a bank in England, uh, deep in scandal, an investigation has been going on, federal authorities, law enforcement, they said years this has been laundering billions of dollars for drug cartels from Mexico, channeling money for Saudi banks, financing terror, moving money for Iran. I mean, just a whole big deal, just a whole big deal. And it was well known. What also is well known is HSBC was a huge Clinton Foundation contributor, millions and millions of dollars. Bill Clinton was getting huge fees, six figures, for speaking at HSBC events while Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State. <laughs> Justice Department, Eric Holder and Obama, they did exactly what they're paid to do. They let HBC, HBC, HSBC off the hook for a paltry $1.2 billion fine, and that was paid by the stockholders. Not one director, not one officer, not one management member at HSBC was fired or charged with any crime. This is who we're talking about here. After about a year at HSBC, now, a lot of people think that he came up through the ranks of the FBI. Not so. 
Comey was appointed FBI director by Barack Hussein Obama. The only qualification Comey had was that the Clintons and their cronies knew that Comey was in bed with them and compromised and was willing to do the dirty work. There's your deal. There's your deal. Now, interestingly, Comey was appointed to the FBI right when Hillary was leaving the State Department. And he was vulnerable to the FBI because uh, she had been using a private server, mishandling classified information, selling access to favors, contracts from the State Department, Clinton Foundation donors, including Lockheed Martin, and so much more. Now, I want you to remember, this is about the same time that an Inspector General of the State Department found over $2 billion, ended up being $6 billion missing from the State Department during Hillary's tenure. My friends, can you imagine that? Can you flipping imagine that? Comey. Do you know that Chelsea Clinton's wedding was paid for by the Clinton Foundation? And a slush fund, they paid for it out of that. It's illegal. Never had, they never been audited, nothing. Nothing at all. Brother of James Comey, um, he owes, uh, this is a little bit confusing, but what they did was they hired a professional accounting firm, the Clinton Foundation, brought in to uh, by the Clintons to do a review, file some reports, make recommendations to Clinton Foundation board, and then provide a veneer of legitimacy to the Clinton uh, fund operations. Now, predictably, one of those partners in the firm that was chosen and paid lots of money is the brother of James Comey, the FBI director who's going to testify tomorrow. Now, this brother owes James Comey $700,000 for a loan that James gave him to buy a house, presumably some of the money from the Clinton fund that was used to make payments to James on the loan. Now, two years later, nothing has happened as a result of the FBI investigating the Clinton funds under Comey. Nobody in Congress, the federal law enforcement, they didn't intend to do anything, but they want to make it look. But Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, I'm going to have him on the show one day, and other independent sources obtained information proving that Hillary had been running her own server, sending out classified information. All of this stuff became, came, came to light in the middle of her campaign. Now, she was supposed to be coordinated as president. So they did a show investigation. Who are they going to use to do the show investigation? Hey, look, we got to look into this. We got to clear who we're going to use. We're going to use our old reliable shill, James Comey. This investigation was mishandled in every aspect. Nothing was seized. The search, they didn't interview Hillary Clinton. They made intentionally, uh, according to the the, the many, many um, and I mean many, 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 many FBI, career FBI people said, you know, why are we being directed to do this? This is a mess. This is wrong. We would have never done it this way. His job was to botch the Hillary Clinton investigation, ruin the case against her and all of her minions. But at the same time, he started work on a parallel assignment to illegally wiretap and surveil Donald Trump. I don't care what those men said today. I don't care that they said, you know, uh, he never was. They used what they knew how they could use to investigate him. And Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama have enough on the man where, quite frankly, come on. Come on. We got to, we got to, uh, we got to be real here, friends. We got to be real here. We got to call it what it is.
We got to stop making stuff up. We got to stop giving them a, 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 a release. We got to stop giving them a pass. It's all. And look, Loretta Lynch, this is what he, she was supposed to do. She was supposed to complete the cover up for Hillary as attorney general by issuing a, a, a finding that the deliberately botched FBI investigation didn't justify prosecution of Hillary. But somebody screwed up. Bill Clinton was videoed meeting with Loretta Lynch on that tarmac right before she's supposed to make her decision on Hillary. That's in interference with a federal investigation. She couldn't credibly squash the Hillary scandal. So the solution, give the job to James Comey. Clinton's owned him. He'd do whatever was necessary. So then what's he do? You all know it. You all watched it. He sits on national television and violates every rule of the FBI, the Justice Department, the American law enforcement system, by revealing some of the FBI's evidence of what Hillary did, enough to make it look like the FBI and Comey did some, some sort of investigation, then declaring there was no intent in clearing Hillary. He did what he was ordered to do. And the Justice Department and Obama backed Comey's cover-up, and it looked like Hillary had survived the scandal. Then right before the election, the NYPD obtained, you know, pervert Anthony Weiner's laptop and found classified emails from Hillary on the laptop. Retro. So then they started, the NYPD started leaking details to news media outlets. Story was about to explode. Comey once again stepped in to cover a kill. He short-circuited the NYPD leaks by publicly acknowledging the laptop and the emails. They just claimed that just days later, hundreds of thousands of emails had all been reviewed and nothing new was on the laptop. Once again, he had done his job, cover up for the Clintons. Now, if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, Comey would have absolutely kept right on providing cover for the corruption of the Clinton machine. No doubt about it. He would have kept the FBI paralyzed, prevented the Clinton fund from being investigated, continuing to do his job as Clinton's personal scandal eraser at the FBI. But that isn't what happened. President Trump won. He shocked the world. Thank God. He shocked the world. That's reality, my friends. That's reality. And thank God he did. I want you to watch this guy tomorrow, James Comey. I want to watch, I'm going to watch him lie. I know he's not going to do what he's supposed to do. The, the man doesn't tell the truth. I want to see him to go to jail for the rest of his life. I want to see the Obamas in jail. I want to see the Clintons in jail or worse because they deserve it. Not because I don't like them, but because they've committed treason against this country. And you want to make fun of President Trump? For not being nice, not being nice to the Clintons, you've got to be kidding me. Not being nice to James Comey, you've got to be kidding me. He is absolutely an enemy of the state. That's reality, my friends, and we've got to deal with it. Listen, God bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for listening today. I so appreciate it. Um, you all are the real deal. I like how you, uh, you're so faithful. Please uh, sign up under Blog Talk Radio. You go to my show page, blogtalkradio.com backslash the Ninja Pastor. Click on follow or submit or, or, or um, subscribe or whatever. You get, you get Whenever I do a show, any kind of broadcast, you'll get a little notification. We won't pound you with a bunch of stuff. But I need you to do that. Tell all your friends. Send them over here. We're trying to do the real deal. Check out my website, theninjapastor.com. I sure would appreciate you doing that. I do. No doubt about it. You guys are awesome. You know, we're going to be back on Sunday. We're going to be speaking on Sunday, an hour commercial-free message. 
It'll be powerful. You can bet on that. Thank you to our guest, Allison Lorkowski, for joining us. VoteBiblically.com. You got to go there. You got to click on that. You got to order you some of these booklets, The Sanctity of Life. I am talking powerful stuff. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for joining me today. It has been an honor. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www drseangreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.